it's, it's been really good. It's been really good. We, we, we've been having, last week was just, was just a match got lit, and we, just, we, we were on it last week, man. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I, I feel it. So my, my prayer during this, during this uh, fast has been, God, help me to rediscover the kingdom. That's been my prayer, my personal prayer. Help me to rediscover the kingdom. And I said last week, some people teach great on healing. Some people teach great on faith. Uh, I, I am a, a, a teacher on the kingdom of God. That is what God has given me. Um, and that revelation has literally changed my life, literally changed my life. And I hope that it changes yours also. So I, I got a couple of things I want to jump into that's going to be good. Say it's going to be good. Look at your neighbor and say it's going to be good. All right, it's going to be good. Come on, talk to me here today. So we, we're using for a text scripture, Matthew, the 16th chapter, uh, verse number 19. Matthew 16 and 19. What a powerful scripture. Look at the scripture, and it says, uh, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say the keys. keys. Oh, so God's giving you some keys. Keys, open doors, and keys locks doors. There's some doors you want to open and some doors you want to lock and never open again. Come on, somebody, right? We always talk about opening doors, but there's some doors we need God to close, right? Keep it locked, right? Uh, he said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever doors you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven. I mean, God said, I'm going to back you up. Man, that's good stuff. And whatever doors you open on earth shall be opened in heaven. God said, whatever doors you open it on earth, I'm going to open it up in heaven for you. I'm going to back you up and make sure that's open. Uh, the scripture in Psalms 115 and 16, I love this scripture, and it says that the heavens belong to the Lord. The heavens belong to the Lord. So when we talk about God created in the beginning in the book of Genesis, the galaxies and the stars and the planets, all those things God created, he says, that belongs to me. Watch this, heavens, it's not singular, right? It's plural, heavens, multiple heavens, multiple galaxies. Scientists say there are over 5 million galaxies that they've discovered so far. Can you even mentally fathom that there are 5 million plus galaxies, right? We just live in one galaxy. There are 5 million galaxies. That God, so I mean, when God created, that just tells me the deepness and the vastness of God. You know, he couldn't create nothing small because he's God. When he creates, he has to create just, it comes out of eternity. Right? It, 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 it's so vast. Yeah, come on, y'all got that? It's so vast. It's so deep. Right? But then he says, hey, the heavens belong to me. All that stuff that the scientists are trying to explore in the heavens, they'll never be able to really understand that because that doesn't belong to them. That's not their territory. He says, but the but he has given the earth, not earths, I've given you the earth, belongs to man. The heavens belong to me. Yeah, you can look at it, but it's mine. You're not equipped. You know, I, I was reading something not too long ago where it says one spacesuit costs $4 million to make. One spacesuit costs $4 million to make. That's man trying to live in an atmosphere they were not designed to live in. Uh, but yeah, we want to live in another atmosphere, but we can't perfect the atmosphere that he gave us. And he said, hey, the heavens belong to me, but the earth have I given unto man. That belongs to you. So I said last week, I said so many of us are trying to get to heaven. 
And we sing all those great songs, I'm on my way to heaven and I'm so glad. Well, I'm glad you're glad. But right, but God said, I didn't create you to go to heaven. I created you to have dominion over the earth. Heaven is a result of you being saved. And guess what? If you read the end of the book in Revelations, we all come back down to earth. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus set up shop here on earth to reign forever. So I know you think you're going to heaven, walk your streets of gold, but you're coming back. Amen. <laughs> right? It's going to be in the order, in the structure that God put it together. So I know you want to get to heaven. Praise the Lord. You don't want to miss heaven. But God says, hey, your assignment is not in heaven. Your assignment is on the earth. Can I say it again? Your assignment is not in heaven. Your assignment is on the earth. Even during the millennial reign when Jesus comes back, he says he's going to give to the believers of God that were, that were either caught up or risen, he's going to give you territory over cities. Right? So your assignment is on the earth. Your assignment is not in heaven. I say lazy people always want to go to heaven. That's what I say. <laughs> all, the la all the lazy people in the rush to get to heaven. I'm in no rush to get to heaven. Right? Because I have a lot of work to do. Somebody said you got a lot of work to do. All right, let's look at this. I, I want you to write this down. Take a picture if you didn't look at it before. We, man did not fall from heaven. He fell from dominion. This is key. Man did not fall from heaven. He fell from dominion. Right? So God didn't, man was not created in the heavens and it fell down and messed up. No, no. Man fell from his dominion here on the earth. We looked at Genesis 3 and 17, verse 19. And Adam, God said, because... Uh, you listened to your wife, we're talking about man's fall, and you ate of the fruit from when I told you not to, I have placed a curse upon the soil. Now watch this. God did not curse man. There's nowhere in that scripture where it says he cursed man. What did he curse? The soil. And a hush came over the crowd. Never said that God cursed man. He did not curse Adam. He cursed the thing that Adam had control over. So when you get saved and Christ comes back into your life, you now have kingdom authority to what? Reverse the curse. Gosh. You have kingdom authority to speak to the curse thing and command it to do what it was designed to do, Carol. Uh, the kingdom takes the struggle out of living. Tomorrow, I, 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 I'm waiting for somebody to get that. Come on. The, the, the kingdom takes the struggle out of living. You know, you're struggling because you don't have a kingdom mindset. But when you have a kingdom mindset, you have the ability to get rid of every curse. The curse that's on your money, the curse that's on your job, come on, the curse that's in your family lineage. He says when you get saved and you become a born-again believer and you get reconnected with the kingdom, you have kingdom authority to get rid of the curse. He says, I have placed a curse Upon what? The soil. All your life, you will struggle. Sound like some people that say they saved. My goodness. How, how, can you, how can you say you saved and you living under this curse? All your life. How you doing? How you doing, Sister Sosa? I'm just struggling. Come on, y'all. Many people heard people say that. How, 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 how's everything? I'm, I'm just getting by, Pastor. And you're supposed to be saved. He says, no, no, the curse, well, this is what the curse says. I put a curse under the soil. That means anything that's supposed to give you blessings, 
is stopped up because of the curse. He says, all your life, you will struggle to extract a living from it. Gosh. I'm working four jobs, struggling. That's a struggle. He says, when you tap into the kingdom mindset, you never have to work three, four jobs. Come on. The kingdom says, I'm removing the curse over that thing that's supposed to give you your resources. Gosh. Give you your blessing. Give you your overflow. Verse 18 says, and it will grow. This is what the soil does. It'll grow thorns and thistles for you. For you. (laughs) It's going to grow thorns and thistles for you. And you shall eat its grass. That means that the more you work, it seems like you never have enough money. That's a curse. And if you don't see it as a curse, you won't deal with it as a curse. You think you got to run faster. The faster you run, the more curse shows up. Because it's not about running faster. It's about removing the curse off of what your hands are touching. Come on, somebody. You are from the kingdom. Where you from, there's no curse. 19, all your life, man, this is rough. This is a rough, this is a rough three verses. My goodness. Oh, I was I was studying this, man. I said, Lord Jesus, I don't want any of the curse on my life. Zero. Right? All your life. <laughs> I'm almost done. You will sweat to master it. Now you think about. I'm an avid reader being in business. I'm an avid reader of the Forbes magazine. And they say the average wealthy person has gone through at least two or three marriages because they are sweating in order to master something. Get on drugs, do all these sweating in order to try to master life. When God said, if you come to me, I'll help you master it with no sweat. Man, y'all should be jumping and shouting over that. I mean, yeah. All your life will sweat. You will sweat to master it until your dying day. <laughs> Ain't you glad you saved? No, really. I mean, you used to be. I mean, I read this. I was like, I'm so glad I'm saved. Because who wants to live like this? Who wants to live like this? This is not the blessed life. This is called the cursed life. And when you get saved, you are not cursed. You are blessed. The kingdom brings you into your blessed place. Come on, somebody. All your life you will sweat to master it until your dying day. Then you will return to the ground from which you came. For you, for you, for you are, this is doom and gloom, man. For you were made from the ground, and to the ground you will return. That's your life. That's what the cursed life looks like. Thanks, Adam. That's what the cursed life looks like. Right? So that's why it's important for you to get connected to the kingdom. Kingdom folks don't live like that. The world folks live like that. Working, 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 working. Never see the kids. Never see the family. Kids raising themselves. Why? Because you're trying to master it. And you're trying to master it without the kingdom. Gosh. Well, if you just get connected to the kingdom, you can do it without sweats. Don't you want to live a sweatless life? Look at somebody and say, you don't have to sweat in life. Look at this statement again. Man did not fall from heaven. Man fell from dominion. As a result, man fell from dominion. So God gives us the, here's the mandate. Here's the mandate of the kingdom that God told 
uh, Adam. And God said, let us make a man. This is, the, this is what he had an idea. Someone like ourselves to be the master of all life. Now, here it is. He says, I created you to be the master of your life. But the fall made you have to work and sweat in order to accomplish that. Where if you get into the kingdom and do what I created you to do, you master it. Oh, come on, y'all hearing me here today? This is going to be your greatest year ever. Because the toiling you did in 2018 and 19, you're not going to do in 2020. Because now I'm giving you some keys. Oh, I wish I had some help here today. I'm almost done. I'm giving you some keys. Keys. Now, you can even try to break the door of the kingdom down. You can't break the door of the kingdom down. You need the keys. It's like trying to get into a vault. Good luck. Right? You need keys to get in there. He says, uh, the master of, of, of life all upon the earth and in skies and in the seas. Verse 27, so God, ma- so God made man his maker. Like God did God make man. Man and maid did he make them. So he made man represents male and female. He said, when I made man, I made humanity. So out of Adam, humanity came out. That means all the authority I gave to Adam in Adam was humanity. I spoke to Adam, but I spoke to everything that would ever come out of Adam. So when God speaks to you, he speaks to you, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. That's why you got to get in line with the kingdom because you bless your whole lineage. God. Your lineage can't be cursed when you're in the kingdom. My great-great-grandkids, providing Jesus don't come back, they're going to say, man, I'm so thankful for great-great-great-grandpa Andre. Our whole family is blessed because of him. Come on, because I pray for my entire lineage. God. I pray for generations that I will never see that will come out of Ray and I's loins. I pray deep generations, 30 generations, 40 generations down, and I command the blessing on them. That's kingdom. Come on, somebody. That's kingdom. I ain't praying God need light bills. Now, come on, that ain't kingdom. God, if I could just get some lunch money. No, no, that's not kingdom. Come on. We're talking about ki- Do you think a king worries about light bills? Here you got Prince Harry, Charlie, whatever his name is. They're about to leave the kingdom. <laughs> they were getting $2 million a year for doing nothing. Right? And they're trying to leave the kingdom. Do you think he had to worry about transportation, worry about where his next meal was going to come from? Kingdom people don't think about that stuff because the king has already handled it. You're worrying about the wrong stuff. You shouldn't be worrying about anything. Just make sure you do your kingdom assignment. Verse number 28, and God blessed them and told them, here it goes, here's here's the mandate, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. You are the masters. Come on. Some of y'all don't feel like masters. (laughs) You feel like you're being mastered. Right? He said, no, no, no. You are the masters of the fish, the birds, and all the animals. You have control, right? The kingdom gives you back control. We're going to look at that in a second. So look at this. We, we, we looked at uh, the, five, the five-fold mandate of dominion, right? To govern, to rule, to control, to master, and then to what? And to lead. So we talk about what it means to be a ruler, right? How the, that came about, right? Being a ruler, Make decisions means that if you are a ruler, you are the measure. You are the standard of a place. 
So God will bless you, save you, increase you. So now watch this. When nobody in your family was ever wealthy, nobody in your family, uh, everybody in your family died early from all kind of diseases, you're going to live longer, you're going to be blessed, you're going to be wealthy. Why? Because now you become the new measure of your lineage. Gosh. God's going to stretch you so you can be the new standard of your lineage. Gosh, come on, church, come on. You're going to become the new ruler by which things get measured. Uh, People are going to say, oh, yeah, 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 Cousin Ben, Uncle Ben, you know, Ben, oh, yeah, he blessed. He's the new new family standard. Uh, Come on, somebody. God's going to make you, Rayshawn, the new standard for your family. So, God, come on and stretch me. Come on, make, 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 make me great, God. Come on, I want to be the new ruler by which things are measured. Ruach's going to be the new measure for Philadelphia. Oh, come on, I, I need an amen on that. We're going to be the new measure. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to set the standard, right? Write this down if you didn't write it down before. I don't know if I said it. But you cannot rule where you have not measured. You cannot rule where you have not measured. I'm going to look at a couple of quick scriptures because uh, I, 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 I want to get you walking your territory this week. I'm already, I've already walked on the building where RCC is going to be. I already saw it. I already marched around there because you got to measure, gosh, what you're going to rule. Man, I'm trying to get you to see this. But we will not boast of things without our measure. You can't boast about something you haven't measured. God can't make you a standard if you haven't measured it. But according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us. So he has given everyone in this room a measure of rule. And the question is, what is your measure of rule? What is God calling you as a kingdom person to measure? What is God calling you to rule? What territory is he calling you to take over? This is not a church of followers. This is a church of leaders. Come on, say, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I know you don't feel like it, but look at somebody and say, I'm a leader. Right, what's your measure? Look at this in Exodus 3 and 8. We're almost there. He said, I am come down to deliver. This is what, this is what, God told them, uh, told Moses, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up and bring them out of the land. So here it is, Egypt, the, the, the Israelites were in a territory that was not their measure. So they could not rule in Egypt because that was not their measure of rule. God did not set that up for them to have control in. So God said, I'm going to bring you up and I'm going to bring you out. Before he can bring you out, he got to first bring you up. Some of us are too low to come out. You get on your way home. On your way home, you're going to get it. On your way home, you're going to say, oh, that was powerful. On your way home. On your way home. Right? But before he brings you out, he got to bring you up. So what? I've been spending the last couple of years trying to bring you up. Because I can't exit you out while you're so low. I got to bring you up. I got to bring your mindset up. Come on. I got to bring your confession up. I got to bring your perspective up. I got to bring your word level up. I can't bring you up. Until I take you out. I got to take you out until I bring you up first. 
Your mindset has to change. Watch this. He said, unto a good land and large, unto a land flow of milk and honey, with the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites. Now, watch this. This is, this is something. Watch this. The people of Israel in Egypt, he says, they're in Egypt. They're slaves because that's not the measure of rule I gave them. That's not their land. He says, this land over there is theirs, but it, it is occupied. So they have to go drive out the giants, but that is their territory. God has already identified territory with your name on it. Now, we would love to just stroll in our territory. I would have loved to roll into Philadelphia and everything was okay. Just rolled into Philly. Look at it. Everything was all right. Everything I needed for the church was there. No, no, that ain't how it went. Right? Got to drive some stuff out. Pastor Rick was talking to somebody yesterday when he was in New York, and they were like, oh, you in Philly? Oh, that's some hard soil. I said, did you slap them? I said, D -d 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 just slap them. Tell them it's none of their business, right? Watch this, because what is hard to somebody else is going to become easy for you when it's your territory. Oh, uh, come on, somebody, come on. It's hard for them because this is not their measure. Gosh, come on, you got to get this, right? It's not their measure, but when it's your measure, what's hard for somebody else becomes easier for you. My colleagues and friends think I'm crazy because this ain't your measure. When it's my measure, I can do what I'm called to do in my measure. So you can't try to be nobody else. Tell somebody, come on, say, don't try to be me. Just be you. <laughs> Just be you. That's all you got to do. Right? Watch this. Israel, um, two more points, we're going to pray. Israel became a slave trying to operate in somebody else's territory. Israel was a slave trying to operate in somebody else's territory. So you'll become a slave when you try to be something that you're not. Instead of being and going where God called you to go. We talked about when God rewards you, reward is not just a gift. Reward is literally a repositioning of territory. So when he rewards you, he puts you somewhere else. Right? So God will reward you with your own territory. He'll position you somewhere different and somewhere better. So 2020 is going to be a year of great rewarding. Come on, somebody. God's going to reward you. Now, let's look at, I want to look at two scriptures and we're, we're going to pray, but look at this, uh, Matthew 4 and 17. Uh, for the time that Jesus, and this is important, began to preach and say, repent. Now, here it is. We've always in the church, repent, repent, stop your sins, yes. But repent is a deeper word. Repent means change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Repent really in its original Greek means to change your mind. So when Jesus came, he would say, repent. Watch this. For the kingdom of heaven is here. He says, hey, I can't give you the kingdom until you start thinking differently. Because I can't bring you out until I bring you up. Gosh, come on, somebody. Come on, I need some help. I need some help. Come on. I, 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 Y'all got me sweating today. I got a rag today. I, I, I can't bring you out until I bring you up. He says, repent. Repent means stop thinking the old way. And the hardest thing to do is to get people to change their mindsets. 
Man, if I can get you to start thinking like a kingdom person, this room will be jam-packed because you will never come to church alone again. You'll be doing your assignment every second of the day, every day of the hour. Why? Because you have a different thinking. So repent. That's not just me. Well, I'm not going to do it no more. Change your thinking. Even not to do it anymore, you got to change your thinking. Change your thinking. Get rid of your old way of doing things. Can y'all commit to get rid of some old things? Come on. Some old ways. Some, some things, you don't need deliverance. You just need to stop. I want God to deliver me. No, just stop. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me here. Some, some things, are just, just stop it. You know, I got I to attitude. Just stop being nasty. Just stop. If you get nasty to the wrong person, they pop you. You're going to stop. Come on, somebody. We blame everything on the devil. But there's some things you got to have your own self-control to stop and stop putting yourself in predicaments where you can't stop. Stop hanging around people that have the same bad habits that you got. Just stop. I'm getting you all T-shirt. Just stop. You don't need deliverance. Just stop it. Right? And, and, and so some things you just got, I, I, I got to eat. But no, just stop eating so much. Right? You got to just stop some things. And God's saying, hey, listen, change your mindset. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom is coming. Repent. Change the way you think. Watch this. Your old thinking regrets past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. Don't just say, I, I, I repent and do the same thing over and over again. Change your mindset. So he says, hey, the renewing of your mind. Romans says, have your mind renewed every day. You have to spend time in the word. Why? Because the word of God challenges your old process, and it gets rid of all that garbage. Somebody hit me. I'm going to hit them back. That's the old way you used to think. Come on. That new way in your mind challenges that, and it reprograms your thinking. That's why you got to make sure you're in service because my job is to get rid of that old mindset because the kingdom can't work with that old mindset. Your old you, you walk past somebody hungry. The new kingdom you has compassionate for the hungry now. The old you walk past somebody in need. The new you has compassion for people who are in need. Right? That's the new you. Somebody say the new me. New me. Tell them I'm working on it. Come on, tell them I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Some of y'all couldn't even say that. I'm working on it. Uh, look at Matthew real quick, chapter 16. I don't have this on the screen, but I, I, I just want to give you this last nugget. Can I give you one more piece of nugget? Yeah. And, and we're going to go. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. I, I want to look at this real quickly. Oh, somebody say, keys to the kingdom. You're going to be so strong after you finish this series. God's going to do some great things for you. Everything that Jesus did made things better. Can I say that again? Everything, and y'all going to have to get the, the old school. This is called a Bible. I know we all have technology. This is a Bible. Uh, <laughs> Matthew chapter 16, this is good. Because everything that Jesus did, and I have written here, when Jesus shows up, he took charge of the situation that had charge of people. When Jesus showed up, he took charge of the situations that had charge of people. Can I say it again? 
When Jesus showed up, he took charge of the situations that had taken charge of people. So when you show up, the situations that held other people bondage should no longer hold them bondage. Let's look at this, all right? I'm going to look at Matthew 16 in a minute. But watch this. When Jesus uh, uh, was on the boat with the fishermen, they said, listen, Lord, we had, we've been fishing all night. And nothing, we didn't catch anything. He said, cast your net. Right? They're, 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 they're whining about how they don't have nothing. They're here to, and here come the kingdom. Cast your net. Nevertheless, at that word, I'll cast my net. He cast the net. The Bible said they begin to pull the net in, and the net begin to break. Right? The fish could not wait to get into the net to obey the kingdom. <laughs> Provision can't wait to get into your hands. Next week, we're going to talk about Romans, where it talks about the, uh, the groaning and moaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. It, it can't, provision can't wait to obey your voice when it's a kingdom voice. Those fish couldn't jump in the net fast enough. They were like, the king is calling. It's my turn. They jumped until they couldn't wait to be provisioned for the king. They had so much harvest, uh, heaven, that they said, they, watch this. When you are a kingdom person, you then become a resource for other people. Kingdom people are a resource for other people. They had so much fish in the net that they had to call their friends over to hand out some of the fish. So you're not just going to have enough just for you. Gosh, come on here, somebody. God said, I want to bless you until you can bless everybody around you. I don't want you just giving, I'm, I'm going to share my muffin. No, I want you to share houses. I want you to give away cars. Come on, somebody. I want you to pay people's mortgages off. God said, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. Man, I wish I had somebody in here today. Come on. Look at this scripture. We're going to pray. Matthew 16. I love this conversation that Jesus had with Peter. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon. Well, first go to verse 15. He said unto them, uh, but whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, uh, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed thou, uh, 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 and Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is where in heaven. And I say unto thee, here we go, that I, uh, I say that, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my what? Church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of what? The kingdom of heaven. Now watch this. That is the previous scripture. So watch, I'm, I'm going to close with this. Verse 19, we've been looking at the keys. But the conversation that led up to Jesus making that statement is his conversation with Peter. When he told Peter... Who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist, reincarnated. All these crazy answers. He said, I know what people say, but who do you say that I am? He says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter was really the first Christian in the Bible. <laughs> Because he was the first one to admit, you are Lord. I've accepted you as Christ. He says, only God the Father could have revealed this to you. Now watch this. He says, you are Peter. 
Peter means, in, in the Greek, it means Petros. It, it, Peter does not mean rock. You have know, always heard that Peter means rock. No, 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 no. Peter in the original Aramaic uh, word means pebble. And he says, hey, Peter, you are the first pebble of the rock. God, I wish. Uh, upon, watch this, and this is going to get good. Upon the revelation that you just got of who I am, when other pebbles get that revelation, you're going to become the rock. Gosh, come on here, somebody. Uh, look, look, look what he said here. Y'all making me stutter. Look at this. I, 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 I will give thee the keys to the kingdom, watch this, and of heaven, and whatever they bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose is going to be loose upon the earth. Uh, uh, th uh, uh, then he charged them and he said, uh, the disciples, uh, that they should tell uh, every man that he was Jesus, uh, the Son of God. So watch this. He said, he say, hey, you, you, you're the pebble. He says, but, but, but when everybody gets this revelation, you're going to become a rock. And upon, watch this, this rock, I will build my church. Amen. Not upon Peter. So certain religions believe that Peter is the rock it's built on. That's where it gets messed up. No, Peter is not the rock. Upon the rock. Man, come on, come on. Upon the rock, I will build my church. Upon you, Sister Gail, upon you, upon you. When we come together, I'm, I'm a pebble by myself, but we're a rock when we come together. I, my praise may be a pebble praise on Monday, but I can't wait to get here on Sunday. Because when we come together on Sunday, then it's a rock of a praise. Oh, come on here, somebody. I'm done. I'm done. Come on. It's a rock of a praise. Come on, Rob. I'm done because I, I don't want to overload. Look, look. man, I, I'm so full. I can just keep going. I'm telling you. The rock. Russell, you, you are no longer. That's why, watch this. That's why the Bible says, fail not to assemble yourself. Because there are certain things that cannot be done outside the fellowship. God. There's certain things that can't be crushed outside the fellowship. But when we come together, what was bothering you, you didn't have strength by yourself. But together, we got more strength. Come on, somebody. When we praise God together, when we worship God together, when we start thanking him together. He says, Peter, you are Petros. But upon the rock, Petra, with an A at the end, Jesus I'll build the church. When everybody gets that revelation, he said the kingdom is going to, shh, oh, listen to this. The kingdom is going to be propelled into a whole new place. The kingdom is going to do things. There's things in Philly that needs to be bust down, but, but people are trying to do it, throw pebbles. No, no, no. We need the rock to come together. That's why your hands and your feet are so important. Come on. Your voice is so important. So when we say praise God, in a minute when we start worshiping God, stand to your feet. It's not going to be just, well, I'm just going to let Rob and them do it and they and Pastor Rick on pray. No, no. We need you to praise God. Right? When you come to church, forget about your phone. Forget about what's going on. I need you to come in and be ready to give God glory. Come on. Come on. You can do that when you get out of here. But while you're here, let's come together and be the rock. We have the revelation of who Jesus is. You are not under the curse. You are blessed. 
You are favored of God. God's hand is on your life. 2020 is going to be your best year ever. Pastor, how about when I get to 2021? It's going to be your best year ever. And then you get to 2022. You're going to say, God, I don't know if you can do anything else here, but it's going to be your best year ever. He's going to keep doing more and more and more. Listen, I want you just to take a moment, just lift those hands, just stand to your feet. And I want you to talk to God real quickly. Whatever was standing in your way, whatever was blocking you, I didn't get a chance to look at Daniel, but Daniel talks about uh, the kingdoms. Next week, I'll I'll look at that, the kingdoms. And it says, hey, there's going to be one kingdom that's going to crush all other kingdoms. And that one crusher of a rock, he said, is going to be the church. That's us. He's given us power together to crush every other kingdom that's out there. Man's kingdom is crushable. But God's kingdom is uncrushable. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That means every other kingdom can be invaded, but the kingdom of God cannot be invaded. Come on, somebody. Father, we thank you that as we worship you, as we give you praise, as we took this moment to give your name glory, to give your name thanks, we ask today, God, that you... Give us a fresh kingdom invasion. That you anoint us afresh. That you give us new perspective. That you give us new insight. That you wake up. That that curse that has ruled our lives. Today, we command that curse to be destroyed. From today forward, the struggling days are over. From today forward, the days of just having enough are over. We decree and declare that we are operating in our measure of rule. Come on, somebody. We are operating in the anointing that God has called us to operate in. We thank you, God. Thank you for my brother and my sister that is next to me, behind me, in front of me. Thank you that this is the season that we don't stand by ourselves but we stand together in unity as one. As we worship one more time today, Father, we ask that you just let your Holy Spirit descend afresh on us. Descend afresh on us. Come on, let's just worship for a moment. Come on. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us.
this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for your kingdom favor. Thank you for the keys. Thank you for access. Thank you for the keys. Thank you for access. Thank you for the keys. Thank you for access. We receive it. We believe it. In Jesus' name, come on, give God a big praise. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, just lower it down for a little bit for me, guys. If you're here today, you're not saved, just real quickly. If you say, Pastor Andre, I'm not received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you're here and you're not a born-again believer, right where you are, just raise your hand. I'll pray with you. You say, I've never received Jesus in my heart, but I, today I want to become a believer. I want to become a kingdom man. I want to become a kingdom woman. Nobody has a heaven or hell to put you in. You make that decision all by yourself. The beautiful thing is that he's given you the power of choice. And watch this. Receiving Christ gives you access to the kingdom. He says, no one can come to the Father except by me. Jesus gives you access to the kingdom. Is there one here today that says, I'm not saved, I want to receive Jesus. Is there one? Amen. We thank you for a saved house. Put those hands together. Now, before you take your seat, tell somebody, I'm going to see you in heaven. I'm going to see you in heaven. Right? I'll see you in heaven. Grab, grab your seats for a moment. Grab your seat for a moment. I want to do one more thing. How many people are going to start using their keys? Come on, you're going to use your keys. You know, having keys to a house and not use it is, is what's the purpose of having the keys? Right? Could you imagine a person who's homeless sleeping outside on their front step? <laughs> that makes no sense. Right? And some of us, we're sleeping outside on the front step when God's given us a whole mansion and we're sleeping outside on the steps and it's cold. Use your keys and go inside to what God has called you to. I want you to look at the scripture real quick when it comes out giving. And this is another kingdom principle. Here's the key. As it is written, the benevolent person, somebody say, I'm benevolent. I'm benevolent. Scatters abroad. He gives to the poor. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Here's verse 10. And God who provides what? Seed for what? The sower. So God does not give seed to non-sowers. Can I say it again? God does not give seed to non-sowers. He does not give seed to hoarders. He gives seed to sowers. And bread for eating will also provide and multiply what? Your resources. Why? For what? For sowing. <laughs> you see that? He will multiply your resources not so you can say, I got a million dollars in the bank. So what? I got 20 million dollars. So what? He says, I multiply your resources for sowing. And watch this. Look at this. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. So, have you ever, I'm, I'm, well, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity? Have you ever seen 
somebody you wanted to bless but you didn't have the resources to bless them? I have. You ever see somebody who needed a car but you wish you had the extra to give them the car? You wish you was able to do so many things? God says, listen, I'm going to increase you so much until it's going to be manifested in your acts of kindness. Do you get that? That's kingdom stuff. Last verse says, thus you will be enriched in all things. Lower down this a little bit for me, guys. You'll be enriched in all things and in every way. I want you to claim that part right there. You will be enriched as today, as a tither and a sower, you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous. Generous. And your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Somebody will look at your generosity and, and thank God as a result of your generosity. So your gift provokes praise in the earth. You get that? Your gift provokes praise in the earth. So I want you to get ready to give your seed and release that seed. If you're a tithe to do that, one of the things that we're going to be taking on this year, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more outreach. Uh, God has called us to do some amazing things uh, for, for some of the youth of the city. And I'm telling you, just trust me, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So we're going to be challenging you to give towards that uh, as we kind of get closer to that date. But we're going to be reaching a whole lot more people this year than we did last year. Uh, one of the things we've been doing, and some of you may have seen the ad. How many people have seen the ad on Facebook about asking people if they want prayer? I know Pastor Rick said he saw it. The Gail said you saw it. So, so we, we've, been, we've done a, a Facebook campaign not asking people to come to church. Asking people, what can we pray for? That's it. Just saying, hey, Ruach City Church is here to pray for you. What can we pray for? And Pastor Rick can attest, you can't believe the responses that we've been getting. But people have all kind of issues. Just saying, can you pray for this? Can you pray for that? Can you believe God with me for this? I mean, everything. I, my, my wife laughs at me. Have you ever, you ever seen the movie Bruce Almighty? Where, where he gets... As God, he gets a bunch of emails, he answers them, and then it fills up again. My wife laughs at me because as, even though we have part of his automation, some of it I actually interject and specifically give scriptures. And as soon as I finish, it is all night, bing, 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 bing. It just literally bings all through the night. But people have needs. And we are touching people and pastoring people, just asking them what can we pray for. But guess what? You help us do that. Your seeds help us do that. Amen? We're going to be starting something later this year called Metro Philly. We're going to be reaching out to the kids. Your seeds help us do that so we can be generous. Somebody say generous. generous. Amen. So if you are a tither and you're a giver, normally I don't take this much time for the giving, but it's important that you understand what we're about to engage in for this year. Amen? Amen. Your seed is in good soil. Somebody say good soil. Now, when you're, about, when you're giving your seed, don't look like you had a funeral, okay? Look... <laughs> Seed time and harvest time go together, right? Now, if I walked up to you and gave you a million-dollar check, you'd be like, yeah, all right? You got to get just as excited when it comes to giving, right? Everybody likes to harvest, but nobody wants to sow, <laughs> right? You, 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 you got to get just as excited. So I want you to get happy about that. Father, we thank you for every seed that has been sold today, whether digital or in, in physical money or checks. Bless it. Increase it, that they may be more generous 
And Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, somebody say. Now, last Monday was uh, Pastor Ray's birthday. So I'm so happy that it was her birthday. I, I would sing happy birthday, but I can't sing. Uh, so when we come up to fast, we're going to have a nice cake. And this week is Gail's birthday, I think, right? Is it the 23rd? 23rd is Sister Gail's birthday. So we're going to have a nice cake when we come off this fast uh, so that we can celebrate their birthday. So I just want to say happy birthday uh, and thank God for We got to celebrate each other. Amen? We got to celebrate each other. Uh, and, and today, uh, Sister Carol finished her last class, right? So excited about that. And, oh, bring me my bag. You're here, Heaven. Don't go nowhere. Bring my bag. So Heaven finished her growth track uh, about two weeks ago, right? Finished the growth track. So let's give Heaven a great big hand clap. Come on, come on. You gotta get happier than that. You gotta get. So come on up, Heaven. I know you're shy. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. All right? So I, I know heaven from New York, and God has some great things for heaven, some awesome things. Don't look at, Now, I had this ready for you for a while, so you see how long we've been expecting you, right? So um, heaven is officially a part of the Ruach City Church family. Let's give a great big God bless you, right? So we're excited about that. We're thankful in heaven. We know that you're going to make this place a better place. Amen? Amen. Let's give heaven a great big God bless you. All right, RCC, jump to your feet. All right, see you tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning on the phone. <laughs> One day we'll be say, I see you here. Father, we thank you as we leave this place, but not your presence. We thank you for this week being a week of total victory as we enter the stretch of the fast. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, somebody shout, amen. Give three people a high five and say you're blessed and favored. Yeah.